Hey everyone, and uh, welcome to the Doctor Doom podcast. Uh, this is, I believe, episode four. Though episode three was kind of a uh, shorty. Um, I'm, I'm kind of recording these at random times of the day, whenever I get a little bit of time alone. And um, if you're new, the whole idea is that look, I'm a. a it's kind of a medical podcast, but mostly it's just life stories, <laughs> just awkward life moments that. Um, I want to get them down in some kind of recorded format because I, I'd always kind of plan to write them down and there just never seems to be time. And, uh, as I, as I'm getting a bit older, I'm feeling the need to just to <laughs> put them down in, in story format. So I thought a podcast would be a fun way of doing it. Um, the, uh, ideally I'd love to have my brother on this podcast. He and I are in a separate podcast that we do, um, Maybe someday I'll reveal what that is. Actually, it'll probably be someday soon because he's coming home. And maybe we can combine the two and call it a podcast network, like all the pros, eh? Um, anyway, I just wanted to cover two very important topics today. Uh, the first topic is the two times my pants fell off during a procedure. And um, the second topic is um, the time I sewed my thumb to a lady's leg. So, um, <laughs> I thought I, I was kind of listening, um, back to the episodes that I've done so far and they're a little bit, I don't know. I don't want to say a rant, but it is sort of like, it's almost like we'll look back and it'll be a time capsule of, Oh, this is what it was like in the Canadian Medicare system as it was collapsing. <laughs> That's what I feel like. And sure. I, I'm Dr. Doom and you know, doom and gloom is sort of in my nature, but, uh, um, that's not really what I set out to do here. I, I just wanted to sort of entertain and, uh, and put out something fun and kind of funny. So, um, let me uh, regale you with the story of how my pants fell off, um, twice now while doing procedures. So, um, if you're new, uh, I'm an interventional radiologist. We do, um, sort of the procedural side of interventional, which is pretty, pretty much any, um, operation that's minimally invasive. A lot of it is endovascular procedures and we use x-ray technology usually or ultrasound or CT in order to sort of guide our procedures. So one of the procedures that we do is something called an aortic endograft and it's a little bit uh, of a complicated procedure and there are a few companies who uh, make these endografts. What they do, it's like a piece of fabric with metal tines called stents. Uh, sort of with fabric woven around them, I guess. And, and the whole idea is that if you have an aortic aneurysm, like a bulged out blood vessel that's at risk of rupturing, we can put one of these in instead of doing a big operation, cutting open your aorta and over sewing it. We can put one of these in from the inside going up your groins and, uh, and deploy it across the aneurysm. And then, uh, you know, it will take the tension off the wall of the aneurysm and it'll also prevent it from rupturing. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and eventually, often the aneurysm actually shrinks around the thing, but it's a complicated procedure. And uh, where there are a few companies who do it, I had never trained to do it with um, one of the companies. I won't say which because I, <laughs> I don't want to be too specific about any of this. But uh, they were the main company that uh, provides the uh, provides the endographs to the hospital where I where I ended up working. So I kind of talked to one of the representatives, and he said, "Look." Um, and hospital politics being what they are, I got to sort of lay the background a little bit better. Um, 
you know, the, the people who do the procedure are very protective of it, but they're sometimes they're not there when you have to do it on call. You know what I mean? So I ended up kind of feeling like I better know how to do this in case one comes up in the middle of the night and I'm the only person around. So I talked to, uh, this company representative and he understood the situation. He said, Hey, let me take you to Halifax, Nova Scotia. And we'll, you know, they'll let you join in the OR. You can watch the procedure and, uh, and then you'll actually get to see it, um, in person, um, on your vacation time. And then it's like, you know, it's, it'll be fun and you, and, and you get to learn. We'll take you for dinner and stuff at the same time. So yeah, that sounds awesome. So I was expecting to be like a medical student in the room, kind of watching this procedure. Uh, I don't have like, you know, um, I don't have any hospital privileges or even a medical license in Nova Scotia at the time. Maybe I don't think I did anyway, but, uh, so we drove up and, um, he was like, we went out for dinner and I had a few drinks. We had a bottle of wine and, uh, I don't, um, I don't drink a lot, but if I have even like three or four glasses of wine, I'll, I'll, I'll feel pretty hungover in the morning. And I think I had three or four <laughs> that night. And so, um, I got up in the morning and it was time to go in and do the case. Like they start at seven in the morning. Right. So, uh, I got up at like five 30. I was like, Oh God, this, I, I'm glad I'm just observing today and I don't have to work. And I, I went into the hospital and I ran into the first hurdle, which was that, um, their hospital, you would need an ID tag in order to get OR scrubs. But if you're a visitor, you can get paper scrubs. Now I'm like six foot two, 250 pounds. I was probably a little less back then, but I'm a big guy. And the paper scrubs are kind of a one size fits all. So they were, I, 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 I used them, but they were tight and it was like wearing, well, it's exactly what you imagine. It's like wearing paper. Um, there, <laughs> it was never meant to be a clothing item. Our drapes, like our disposable drapes are made of the same material. It's, it's, it's not meant to hold on to your body very well. Um, so I figured that out. I got, I got my paper scrubs. I put them on. It was like already I could tell I was doomed to embarrassment and I was feeling hungover and kind of shitty, but I said, oh, it's okay. I'll just stand at the back of the room. Um, you know, it won't be a problem. I'll just kind of watch, observe, learn, but don't have to participate. But no, when I got there, um, they were like, oh, you know, put on lead because we wear lead aprons because of the x-rays in the room and stuff. And I put on the lead over the paper scrubs. And uh, they were like, we actually, um, our nurse is sick. So if you could back table for us, <laughs> that, that would be fantastic. And I was like, are you sure this is okay? And they were like, we're supervising. You're still here as a trainee or whatever. So it's fine. Um, okay. But the thing was, the room was super hot. It was probably... Now I work in Celsius. It was probably 28, 29 degrees Celsius and I'm wearing lead paper, which doesn't breathe. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm in this uncomfortable position and the surgeons who are doing the procedure are both like maybe five foot two and five foot three and I'm six foot two. So the table is way down and I was wearing somebody else's lead, which was way too big. And it was, it was kind of shimmying down my hips. You know, it's a piece goes around your hips and a piece on your chest. So, I kind of assumed this position where I was in a semi-squat, hungover, sweating, um, in the heat, and trying to help them, you know, with wires and catheters and stuff, but still not really knowing the procedure very well because it's all equipment I've never used. And uh, and as I'm crouched down uh, and I start sweating, I can feel the paper um, 
in the, in the crotch of my paper pants, starting to moisten, if you know what I mean, like, just getting a bit damp. And damp paper um, is has about the structural integrity that you would imagine. It's, it's like tissue paper, when it's wet, it just falls apart, right? And I'm, I'm squatted with my legs apart, trying to keep my lead up from, you know, so it doesn't slide over my ass to avoid an uncomfortable scenario there. And I feel the crotch of the paper pants let go, like this little pop and, and the crotch rips. And I think, okay, well, I've got this lead gown on. Nobody's going to see because it's under the gown. And that's under, you know, you've got a sterile gown on top of all this other stuff. So it's like, okay, well, as long as I can keep the waist together, I'll be fine. But I'm sweating more and more because I'm in this stressed position where I'm like squatted down with my legs apart, holding the lead up. And, uh, and I'm sweating more and more and I feel the waistband, the paper waistband start to, uh, just start to tug a little bit behind me. And I realize what's happened is the seam where the two paper legs come together is falling apart under the stress of my legs being apart and the sweat, uh, tearing apart the structural integrity. And, and as I'm standing there, I feel pop in the back. And then a second later, pop in the front. And I realize I'm no longer wearing pants. I'm wearing two long leggings that are just touching at the crotch. And so um, I'm trying to be nonchalant. And we're at sort of the crust of this thing. The whole reason I'm in Halifax, we're deploying the device. And um, I'm kind of standing there. And a nurse behind me is kind of giving me a funny look. And, and I know she's looking at my ankle where my pants are starting to slide down my legs and bunch up around the ankles of my sneakers. And so you can't see anything because like above my knees because I've got the gown on, but below my knees, this pant leg is just gently sliding down and it starts coiling down on the ground at my foot. <laughs> and then the other one goes down and then I'm standing there in no pants in my, like just in my underwear with, um, my pants down around my ankles, one leg, you know, one on each side. So I finally, this nurse is like, she's wanting to say something. And I, I was like, I'm just going to have to say something. I said, uh, um, Pat, I, I really apologize. Um, my pants just melted. I'm going to, I think I'm going to have to take a break here and change. <laughs> and so I drew attention. Everybody steps back and looks and sure enough, everyone sees that Yep, ha ha ha, this idiot's pants are around his ankles in two separate pieces. So I run back and uh, and get a new pair of paper scrubs and stuff and get changed and come back in, scrub back in. It's like this whole, whole ordeal. I have to get new gown, new gloves, the whole works and come back and join them. I've missed like, you know, 75% of the procedure at this point. And, um, and so I, I came back in the room and uh, and... I, I finish up the procedure and there's another case that's going on. It's not the same thing, but it's something kind of interesting afterwards. And they were like, why don't you stay in, you know, cause we, you know, we don't do a lot of them. You might want to see it. I said, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I realized, uh, oh my God, like the wedding ring that I had taken off and put around my necklace is now missing. And, um, my, my whole necklace was missing. And I figured I was in such a hurry to change out of my wet, like I changed my scrub shirt too, because it was all soaking wet with sweat. I was like, I must have broken my chain and lost my wedding ring. 
just like, oh fuck. I the the rep's name who had taken me up was Mike. I was like, Mike, I got a I got a problem here. I got to find my wedding ring. Um, so we went back into the changing room. This is like our whole day. <laughs> we're looking around. We're looking on the floor and stuff. Finally, I get the idea that maybe I had flung it when I like pulled the shirt off because I was in such a hurry. And sure enough, I found it in some guy's boot. He had taken off his winter boots and left them outside his locker. And the ring and the necklace went in his boot. Um, anyway, the rest of the day was uneventful. But uh, that was the first time my pants fell off during a procedure. The second time happened just this very afternoon. So um, I'm not in tremendously good shape. I'm, I'm actually a little bit of a, a little bit of a fatso. Um, I am trying and and what I've been doing is basically walking in order to try and stay at least active. Um, I do a little bit of weights and, and CrossFit and stuff, but man, I, I'm not I'm not doing well with it. But the walking I've pretty much kept up with. But today I didn't walk this morning. And um, so at lunchtime, um, we were down to one OR that was working and I was the second guy on. So I was like, well, I'll go for a walk. So I went out. And I was really hoofing it. Like I was, I was like, I want to make the most of it. I had a whole hour and I walked like, I don't know what, what are you walking an hour, three miles or something like that. It was a good walk though. It was, it was a decent walk and uphills and stuff. And it was hot outside. And, uh, and I got a call before I realized I had to be back. I got this call. Hey, we have your patients ready in, in room 11 or whatever. I was like, oh no. So I basically... I can't run, but I walked back at like, you know, the Olympic walkers who look like they're um, doing a ministry of silly walks walk like I'm I'm pantomiming it. That's going to translate really well in the podcast. Anyway, um, I I look like one of those Olympic walkers, I'm sure, um, hoofing it back to the hospital and got in and I got my lead back on and got all my gear back on, went back upstairs and uh, went to do the procedure. And I was like a little bit out of breath (sighs) and I put my lead on, I put it on, I don't know, a little bit weird. Like I think I had just kind of pulled it on tight um, for some reason, but I put it on down around my hips instead of up around my waist. I don't know what I did exactly, but I was in a hurry is the point. And so I did that procedure and then they said, oh, we have another one that's ready to go. It was like a chest port that had to go in and I said, okay, no problem. So I sort of hoofed it down to the, to the other procedure room. And I was putting in this chest port and, you know, just joking around with the techs and nurses and stuff. And I, I laughed about something. I got the stitch in my side and, uh, and it was, Oh, so I kind of, I had to suck in a little bit like the, in the stitch on my side was kind of cause the lead was, pre- that's what it was. The lead was too high. It was pressed into my, like the side of my ribs and I got this cramp and like, I don't know, you're, sometimes you just do things like you have the instinct of what to do to fix a cramp. And I like sucked in my breath or I don't know, like splinted to one side a little bit. And as I did, I just heard this whoom. And I looked down and my lead skirt, like the bottom part of my lead had fallen right down past my pants, pulled my pants down. And they were both um, just sitting there right around my ankles. Now my pants kind of luckily stayed up more. So it just kind of pulled it down over my butt crack, which was under again, a sterile gown. So nobody got to see that. But the, the thing, the skirt just dropping around my ankles, everybody just cracked up all at once. It was, it was quite, it was quite a uh, show. And it reminded me of like in Monty Python, um, when the baby just like 
falls out of the woman's womb onto the floor. Oh, we had another baby. You know, the thing about the Catholics. Anyway, those are the two times my uh, pants fell off during a procedure. Um, second story is, uh, is kind of, it's a long time ago story. It was when I was a medical student. I did a uh, rotation in plastic surgery. And basically... Plastic surgery is awesome. It's really fun. And if I had done that earlier in my career, I would have probably applied to do plastic surgery as a career. But um, I did it after we'd already matched. So I knew I was going into radiology. And uh, so I hadn't done any like competitive stuff for plastics or whatever. But um, I figured I'd do a plastic surgery rotation, mostly to learn how to suture um, before going out into the real world as an intern. And so... um, I was, uh, it was, it was quite a good rotation. The plastic surgeons were very kind and they, they would like, let me do whatever I wanted. So, you know, they, they kind of start, they sussy out, take you to the OR. And, uh, if they're doing like, uh, breast reductions or breast implants, then you can, um, you know, they'll let the medical students suture. And if they don't like the sutures, they just take them out and do it, do it again. But, um, I guess they were okay with the way of suturing because I'd kind of practiced and, and looked everything up beforehand and that kind of thing. So, um, so that was all well and good. And then, um, they started sending me out to do consults on the floor because I guess that, you know, that was not, not a big deal. They, they kind of, I'd go do the consult and come back and report to them and then they'd tell me what to do. So I had a lady who had come in, she had an infection in her leg, um, she actually, no, she had compartment syndrome, which is where your muscles get so swollen that uh, they cut off their own blood supply. And I can't remember what her story was, whether she'd like just tried to run a half marathon or something without any exercise beforehand or what it was. It was something like that. But the treatment for that is something called a fasciotomy, where you basically cut the skin and the fascia and the outer layer of the muscle. And, and it's crazy when you do it, it just like the whole leg explodes and it looks like, um, it looks like bread rising out of the bread pan. <laughs> Sounds a little bit gross, but that's kind of how it works. And then it expands. And when it expands, there's room for the blood to flow in the uh, muscle again. And the muscle tissue doesn't die. So she'd had a fasciotomy. And uh, they called us up to assess whether we could close it. And I did the exam and it did like the swelling was way down. They were like, yeah, you, you can definitely close it. But she didn't have a lot of... Um, a lot of extra tissue like she wasn't a, a, a big person so you had to use like a big heavy duty suture to close these things because even though the swelling was down it was still going to be a tight closure and uh so a proline stitch is like the sort of like this plasticky um difficult to break type of stitch basically I, I i don't know how to explain it it's not a silk or a braided suture it's not absorbable it's it's like you know it's plastic it goes on the outside and you have to cut them uh, after a while. So, um, (laughs) so uh, I, I talked, I consulted with her. I I went and saw the doctor who I was working for and he said, yeah, you've got to just go up and close that. Um, and just, he said, you know, use a two O proline or whatever and, uh, interrupted sutures and you'll be fine. Um, and, uh, and I was kind of excited. It was my first like big case alone, like, uh, you know, this big closure procedure. So I got her all prepped and draped and everything else. And, um, and a nurse came up, one of the plastics nurses came up and it was this nurse who was, uh, she wasn't mean or anything, but she made me really nervous. She was very, uh, I don't know, just 
I, I don't know. Some people I'm just nervous to be around. She always, I always felt like I was being judged uh, really harshly. <laughs> anyway, But um, probably just in my imagination. But she was standing right over my back watching me do this thing. And I started, you know, again, getting nervous and sweating. And I didn't want to make a mistake. I was really like, okay, I really want to do a good job here. So I got the first like four or five sutures in. But then I got to the part where the fasciotomy was split really wide open. I had to like really wrench to close it. So the first stitch at that level, I, I got it in and I got it closed and the walls were opposed and it looked really good. But the second one, I, I just couldn't get the second, the hook to go through the skin. Like I'd frozen it all up. So she didn't, she didn't feel anything. And I, I really had to push the back of her leg forward in order to get it to bite you know, to, to get a, get it lined up so that it, it, the stitch would bite and then I could get a good piece of tissue. And, you know, then you'd have enough tissue to pull the two sides together. So I pushed her leg forward with my hand and ran the stitch through. And immediately I knew I had pricked myself with the stitch, but I was just kind of on autopilot and I pulled it through and, um, and I didn't want the nurse to know. And I was like, well, it's, I won't put it back in her, but, and I won't tell her that I've pricked myself. I'll just go to employee health after and tell them. And then, you know, I can kind of privately do the blood work and all that stuff. Cause I, you know, I wasn't going to contaminate her with my blood, but I contaminated me with her blood or whatever. So I went to pull it closed. And as I did it, like, I felt my thumb got pulled like really hard into like in this downward position, I thought I had my thumb stuck in the knot. I was like, what the hell have I done here? And the nurse kind of gave me this weird eyeball. And I, I still hadn't glued in. And I did it again, and it pulled my thumb down. And then I realized that is right through my thumb. It went through my thumb, through my thumbnail, both through both sides of my glove, and back out. And then I tied it into a knot. So my thumb was incorporated into the knot. Uh, so needless to say, the, uh, plastics nurse was not particularly impressed and, um, and I had to go get blood testing and all that stuff done. And, uh, and she, I think she was more pissed off that I hadn't said anything when I stuck my finger than the fact that I tried to incorporate my, my own thumb into the knot. Anyway, listen, that's, uh, those are today's stories. Um, I like the story format, I think better. Um, so I'm, I'm going to write down. If I can remember them, my problem is I'm getting old and I'm, and I can't really remember all this, all the stories I want to tell, but I think most of them are going to be medical related, but there's all kinds of weird stuff, um, you know, that, that I'd also probably like to talk about. And, uh, if I can, I'm going to upload every day. If, you know, there are going to be days where I miss that for sure. Um, can't do when I'm on call. Can't, can't do when we're away, that kind of thing. But, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, we will uh, hopefully have my brother on this podcast and uh, and we will figure out how to combine the two uh, podcasts. The other one is a lot more fun to listen to um, just because, like I said last time, it's fun to laugh together. And uh, and uh, I think that's kind of a better chemistry than just some friggin' introverted weirdo yapping these stories alone in his office, which I, I've said it before, but it just seems inherently so sad. <laughs> but I got to get these stories on the record anyway. All right, guys, thanks for listening and, uh, have a great week. Stay healthy, uh, stay safe and, uh, stay fun. See ya.